0: Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your go-on-stand mixers. Mm. Or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay.
1: Hey everybody, it's Sam with Wrestling Overtime and this is your News and Thoughts Part 2 for Monday, February 15th, 2021. Now, like I told you guys uh when this news broke, I guess it was Friday, Friday or Saturday, um, that I wanted to... Get some more details that I had never really heard, or if I had, I had forgotten. The 1992 Ring Boy scandal that happened, um, and I I left it with, I really kind of want to research that, hear more about it, or I want Dark Side of the Ring to do a episode on it. Well, Dave Metzler went into more detail. Obviously, he was writing about wrestling at that time. He had notes on it. He had what he had written, the interviews he he had conducted, and everything like that. So he wrote up um, a blurb about it and is going to be writing more about it in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that comes out on Thursday. So... The facts, the bare facts, not, you know, a lot of the details, are that the accuser, who was Tom Cole, took his own life last week due to the suffering from massive depression, and it was felt that it was amplified. By how WWE celebrated Pat Patterson's life after his passing. He was, Tom Cole was a 14 year old ring boy for WWE and he was allegedly victimized and he said that Terry Garvin and Mel Phillips were the main offenders. Um, Terry Garvin was the director of operations, and Mel Phillips was over the ring area and a ring announcer, and that they groomed him and then victimized him. Tom Cole always believed that Pat Patterson knew about what was going on, remained silent, never told anybody, especially Vince McMahon. Lee Cole is Tom Cole's brother. When Tom Cole came out, and this became public knowledge, it was on the Field on a U show, um, I guess a lot of news programs spoke about it then, Lee Cole um acted with his brother. He says that Vince McMahon and Linda McMahon, obviously since Tom Cole was telling his story, found out about it, did still really didn't do anything about it. Terry Gorbin and Mel Phillips resigned and never returned to wwe pat patterson also resigned at the time but he did come back to work for the company as we saw when he passed away they did a um huge celebration of his life and talked about How he helped in NXT, how he helped in WWE, and how he was a close personal friend of Vince McMahon. Numerous people in the WWE company talked about how Pat Patterson uh, would give ideas to Vince McMahon, and he was one of the few that could tell Vince McMahon, no, I don't think that's going to work. Supposedly, Lee Cole was paid $19,999 years ago and was told to keep quiet. Dave Metzler does not say why it wasn't an even 20000 I have a funny feeling that had it been 20000 it would have triggered something. Like it it would have had to have been a different kind of settlement or it would have triggered something with taxes or something like that and would have alerted the media or the news. I guess we'll find out more about that on Thursday in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, though. But that was the bare facts that Dave Metzler talked about at the time. So I wanted to make sure that I got back to you guys on that. Um, next news story was that Sami Zayn claims that Rey Mysterio and Dominic are being rewarded for bad behavior. Uh You know that Sami Zayn is the conspiracy theorist. And he uploaded Twitter footage of an incident where they had a heated confrontation with Sammy backstage because he has um, a documentary crew that is following him around and he posted that footage to Twitter. He said that they ambushed him like bullies do and that he let WWE know. And of course they were not punished. So uh, we'll have to see about Sammy ranting or even about this soon. Um, La Rosa Negra came out and said that she told Tessa Blanchard she didn't want an apology after being called the N-word during a Japanese tour a couple years ago. This is the same exact incident and story that was brought up last January, January of 2020. Tessa Blanchard 2 or 3 days before Impact Wrestling's pay-per-view Hard to Kill, which is one of their big 4. Um she was vying for the Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. If she won, which she did, she would have been the first woman to win what had up until that point been a men's championship. And she was doing intergender wrestling and was defeating men. It was supposed to be a historic achievement. Like I said, about three days, two to three days before um, this match was to take place. Tessa wrote a Instagram post about how women needed to support each other, lift each other up, be behind each other, and not um, tear each other down. I can't remember who it was, and I should have looked it up. But there was one woman who posted on that and said... How can you say that? Are you, you know, are you being serious? And that led to her and another woman making allegations that she was a bully and that she tried to control people, went to management, tried to control matches being made and how things were ran. The third person who came out was La Rosa Negra, and she stated what she stated here, that during a Japanese tour, um, now, I guess it would have been four years ago, five years ago, um, Tessa Blanchard spit on her and called her the N-word. Um, Tessa, of course, denied all of this. Said it never happened. That she did not know why La Rosa Negra would bring this up or make this up. La Rosa said that when Tessa called her this and spit on her, that she hit Tessa in the face. Later, they met at WrestleCade, where she forgave Tessa, but she told Tessa that she did not want to hear an apology from her concerning the situation. I don't know why this is getting brought up again. Um, like I said last year, and I'm not taking up for her, Although it's going to sound like I am. She's 25 years old. When this happened. She. I think they said was 21. She had just turned 21. She was 20, 21. She was young. She was very immature. She admitted that. She had never. Even thought of being a wrestler. Um, She turned 18. She wanted out um she got an apartment she went to college it wasn't for her she tried different professions and then got into wrestling she had been in wrestling about two years when this happened she had trained and had some independent matches um and people saw how talented she was as far as athletically and on the mic but she was green as grass. This was her first Japanese tour. And I don't know whether this happened or not. Um, like I said, a lot of other people have come out saying that she was a bully, that she went to management. Um, I believe one lady, and I can't remember who it was. It may have been Big Swole. But uh, one lady came out and said that she was a spoiled brat. Um I can only assume number one that this is coming out again Tess is 25, 26 years old that she has now gotten married. She got married in August. I think the last week of August. And they the travel restrictions have been lifted and eased up. And her and her husband, Daga, have now moved to the United States. I believe they're living in San Antonio, Texas. She is training uh, CrossFit and entered a CrossFit competition. Not sure where he, where she placed or what exactly happened or anything like that. But rumor has it is that she is now ready to start wrestling again. She has did um, three... I believe, virtual uh, meet-and-greets, and and she has done one uh, meet-and-greet that was socially distanced, and I think that was in New Jersey or New York. So um, she's getting back into it. That is the only reason I can think that this is getting brought up again, Um, that there are some people, obviously that either don't want her signed or want to bring this up again that if she gets signed that maybe there are certain stipulations that are put in her contract or that she does not get um, money that she is asking. Because rumor had it this summer that she was wanting a lot of money. So we'll have to wait and see where this goes. On 83 Weeks, uh, Eric Bischoff's Podcast. He talked about how he did not get along at all with Matt Hardy in 2011 at TNA. Uh, and this was brought up because Big Money Matt um, last week was talking about on Twitter how he was the king of Wednesdays, how um, he was still on the show more than Kenny Omega. ...on AEW and on Impact Wrestling as far as um, signing and working with Private Party and then his interactions with Adam Hangman Page. Um, Bischoff said that when Matt Hardy signed and came in 2011 that he was out of shape. He was very inconsistent in and out of the ring and that he believes at that time... He was just as troubled and had just as many issues as his brother Jeff Hardy, but in a different degree, a different way. He said that they were doing some promotional stuff and then came later and were supposed to wrestle I guess later that night, and he said, I remember thinking, what drugs are these guys on? And so um, I thought that was interesting. Uh, when Matt Hardy came back to TNA in 2014, that's when he started the broken gimmick, and Eric Bischoff wasn't there. So, I'm kind of interested to see if Matt Hardy responds to this. Now, Ring of Honor has announced their next pay-per-view. It's going to be March 26th. It's going to start at 8 o'clock. And they're going to celebrate their 19th anniversary. Um, All five titles are going to be defended. It's unknown, they haven't really went into it or announced it, whether or not they're going to have some legends come back, or people that have worked with them, or anything like that. Um, They also didn't announce who is going to be defending what title against who. So I look forward to that in the next couple weeks. I may actually watch that, especially if they're going to bring some legends back and, and talk to them, or you know, have them do some kind of vignettes or something like that. Because I used to like Ring of Honor. I just hate that Pure Rules, the Pure Rules Championship and all that garbage. Um, As I talked about in the NXT Vengeance Day results and thoughts, Austin Theory was abducted last night by Dexter Loomis as he made his way to the ring with Johnny Gargano. Um, Austin Theory's Twitter profile was changed to, um, I guess the best way to describe it is a creepy photo of Dexter Loomis's face. It was real grainy and black and white close-up of his face. So, I'm interested on Wednesday night, what has Dexter Loomis been doing with Austin Theory? Um... The WWE Elimination Chamber sources are saying that it will probably, it is very likely, to feature zero title changes. Zero. Um, I don't know whether or not that includes them all, Um there have not been very many matches released as of yet uh, for Elimination Chamber, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. On TV Insider, uh, Bobby Lashley also talked about how he loves, quote, combat, and he enjoys his matches with Riddle. That Riddle almost broke his ribs with a kick to the side at one time. I don't understand, why well, I do understand, because I imagine WWE would go nuts and will not let them. But with Bloodsport happening this past weekend and then happening this coming weekend, why Bobby Lashley and Matt Riddle are not involved in that? Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. And you see people like Filthy Tom Lawler, um, Jeff Cobb, John Moxley. Um actually competing in it. Um Davy Boy Smith Jr. is in it. Um Bobby Lashley and Matt Riddle would be somebody that I would I would like to see in it. Um Brian Alvarez brought up kind of what I was talking about on part one. He said he cannot believe WWE has signed over 20 new wrestlers. And he questioned on his podcast whether or not they were planning on getting rid of some people. Or are they going to move them to NXT UK? Or are they going to create some kind of second show that's going to be a developmental show kind of like AEW Dark. He said right now there is already a struggle on NXT to get TV time and that there are wrestlers always pushing and pitching ideas, trying to get on TV. And there are only so many spots to go around because NXT only tells so many stories because they end those stories or try to end those stories at takeovers and there's only five spots available. So Brian Alvarez was thinking along the same lines as me. An update, I told you I would keep you guys updated on Sonia DeVille's um, case with, I am still struggling what to call him. I am not going to say his name, and I've told you guys that. Um, I I don't know whether to call him a stalker, because he is not. He actually entered her house. But burglar, to me, doesn't rate high enough. I want to tell call him an idiot, but... I also then don't think that you guys will get the seriousness enough of it and will understand it. But anyway, her stalker slash obsessed fan slash burglar is to be questioned about whether he is mentally competent to stand trial. According to PW Insider, he is going to be deposed via Zoom call on February 25th from jail. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that he's crazy. Um, Mentally competent, I don't know. I don't think there's been enough said about him to know whether he was mentally competent. I am leaning towards... Yes. Yes, he was since the items he brought, such as zip ties and knives and stuff like that, um, shows mental capability and competency, but the fact that he had a plan also, I think, makes him competent as far as possibly hurting or killing Mandy Rose and possibly Sonia DeVille's ex-girlfriend, he had sent them messages, and then taking Sonia DeVille hostage with the zip ties and taking her to another location, I think that proves that he was mentally competent, but whether the court will actually rule that, I don't know. Mandy Rose was deposed on February 3rd, and Sonia DeVille was... Um, deposed on February 13th. Now, she did hers via Zoom call also. She did not want to be in the courtroom and be able um, to see this gentleman. The way the law states, he has to face his accuser. So he could see her However, she did not have to see him. Uh, The police officers that arrived on the scene, actually arrested him and interviewed him, are set to be deposed on February 18th. None of the depositions and the facts of the depositions have uh, been made public or have been leaked. So we really don't know what has been said. Um Last news item is Cody Rhodes made a huge statement that there's no reason why WWE and AEW cannot form a partnership and a crossover cannot happen. Quickly after that, Tony Khan agreed and said that he would be more than happy to welcome that. Um, that, you know, they would have to talk about it and get answers and, and qualifications and all of that in line, that it just couldn't happen next week. But that um, he didn't see why in the future that would happen. Um, Cody even went so far to say that in Vince McMahon Jr.'s era, when he first took over what would become the WWF, that he did crossovers in the Northeast, and so he has done them before and set precedent. We'll have to see where this goes. Um, Could this become an open border situation such as what Finn Balor said last week? Um, I'm thinking no, but we can always hope. Anyway, as always, if you guys have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, let me know. Write me at WrestlingOvertime at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WrestlingOvertime. And I will be talking to you guys soon, and I'll see you down the road.
0: Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers. Mm. Or get more. For your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more. (gasps) Bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay.
1: For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together.